The Old Testament reading today is Proverbs 13, 12, 10, 28, and 11, 7. You may turn there if you wish, but I'll be moving quickly through these three texts. So just listen, follow along on the screen. And then the New Testament reading will be Romans 15, 1 through 13. That is the sermon text for today. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Proverbs 10.28 The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Proverbs 11.7 When the wicked dies, his hope will perish, and the expectation of wealth perishes too. Let us go now to the New Testament, to Romans 15, and we'll look at verses 1 through 3. Here the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, saying, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not come to please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Holy Scriptures we may have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another, as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So far the reading of God's most holy word. May He add His blessing to the preaching of it this morning. The title of this sermon is Hope in God. And that is the thing that I wish you to encourage you to do today. To set all of your hope, not in created things, but in God who is our Creator and our Redeemer. Hope is vital. In fact, men and women cannot live without hope. Just as food is vital to the physical life of man, so hope is vital to his soul. Without hope, man does perish inwardly. And what is hope except the expectation of some future good? The Apostle Paul speaks to the forward-looking character of hope in chapter 8 
of his letter to the Romans. In verse 24 he says, For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So here the Apostle Paul is wanting us to see that that hope is forward-looking. It is the expectation that some good or pleasant thing will come to you in the future. And once the thing comes, then we no longer hope for it, for it is for it is ours. Hope is forward-looking. And as you know, men and women hope for all kinds of things. Men and women hope for the weekend. They hope for payday. They hope for the planned vacation. They hope for new and better possessions, more financial stability, better health. In general, they hope to see good things come to them and also to the ones they love. Hope is vital. It is necessary to the life of man. Now please hear me, there is nothing at all wrong with hoping for the things that I have just mentioned. It is quite natural, I think, for men and women to look forward to the good things of this life, to desire them and to rejoice in them when they come. As the Proverbs say, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So when I say to you, hope in God, I do not mean, do not hope for anything else. Rather, I mean, hope in God supremely, for God alone is able to bless us in this life and in the life to come. If we hope in God supremely, then we will be set free to hope for the good things of this life in an appropriate way. If we hope in God supremely, then we will never be given over to despair, for God is faithful and He will surely keep all of His promises. Stated negatively, it is very foolish to set our hope supremely on created things, on people, or the things of this world, for they will surely fail us in the end. Created things cannot be the source nor the foundation of our hope, for they are by nature temporary, they are transient, and they are without power. Created things, whatever they are, are unable to deliver, therefore. God alone is worthy of our hope, for He alone is self-existent, eternal, unchanging, unlimited in wisdom and power. He is most faithful, loving, and kind. And so I say to you, brothers and sisters, hope in God, therefore. Hope in Him supremely. Hope is vital to us. And it is vital that we have our hope properly placed. Please hear me on this. Hope misplaced will in fact wreak havoc on the heart and mind of man. And it's not difficult to see why this is so. To have misplaced hope is very much like standing on unstable ground. I wonder if you've ever stood on something unstable, high off the ground. A shaky ladder maybe. I was doing some work this past week high up on a ladder on relatively unstable ground, so this was resonating in my mind and, and in my heart, you know. Uh, have you ever stood on something unstable high off the ground? A shaky ladder, perhaps, a slippery roof, the edge of a drop-off. It can produce a terribly vulnerable and anxious feeling within us. Can you feel it, you know? Standing there on that unstable footing, 
it can produce that vulnerable and anxious feeling within us. And I'm afraid that many live life with this feeling, not because their physical footing is precarious, but because they have misplaced their hope. For a time you may not notice it. But at some point, you will see just how temporary, fleeting, and frail the things of this life are. If you live in this world for a while, you begin to notice that. You begin to see it. In fact, I think this is one of the benefits of of being advanced in in years. You you grow in wisdom, and one of the reasons you grow in wisdom is because you you begin to see how the world really is. The world is temporary. Uh, The world is frail. And for a while you might not notice it, and for a while you might be at ease, but as you begin to notice just how temporary, fleeting, and frail the things of this life are, your heart will surely grow anxious if your hope is set on these unstable things. Hope is vital to life, brothers and sisters, and so the Scriptures do continuously warn us to have our hope properly placed. God alone is worthy. It is Only the triune God who is able to carry this burden, for only He is able to sustain us in this life and in the life to come. So I am saying to you, hope in God, brothers and sisters. This is my exhortation to you today. It is very simple. Hope in God ultimately and supremely so that you might glorify Him and have the peace and joy that only He can provide. I wonder, do you remember how Paul concluded that passage we considered last week from 1 Corinthians 13? That passage that we considered last week was concluded in this way. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So Paul identified these three things, faith, hope, and love, as vital to the Christian life. We need all three of these things if we are to sojourn well. And last Sunday, I encouraged you to persevere and to even grow in your love for God and in your love for one another. Today, I wish to encourage you to have your hope set supremely on God. And then next Sunday, Lord willing, I'll encourage you to grow strong in faith also. As we move now to Romans 15, I'd like for you to notice how this passage mirrors 1 Corinthians 13, which we considered last Sunday. For the themes of faith, hope, and love are present in this passage too. Concerning our love for one another, Paul writes, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And a little later, Paul says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. These are, these are very beautiful words. And though Paul does not use the language of love here in his exhortation to the church, that theme is certainly present. He is encouraging us to, to love one another in the Christian congregation In these ways, those who are strong have an obligation to bear with failings of the weak, etc. We are to love one another in Christ Jesus. And concerning faith, Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Faith, hope, and love are intimately related things. 
We will not have hope and neither will we have sincere love if we do not have faith. We must believe in God, in Christ, and in the Scriptures. As I've said, we'll come to the theme of faith next Sunday, Lord willing. But this morning, I wish to focus on what Paul says concerning hope in this passage. And we'll go to other texts, too, that speak to this very important theme. And as we do, we will see, one, that that Paul urges us to set our hope on the triune God. Two, he teaches that this hope will produce things in us. It will produce perseverance in us, first of all. And after that, we will consider that hope, if it is strong, will also produce joy and peace within us. So notice, first of all, that our hope is to be set, not on created things, not on the things of this world, but it is to be set down upon the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so hope in the Father, brothers and sisters, for He is the source of all things, including our hope. Notice how Paul gives glory to the Father in our text. In verse 4 through verse 6, he writes, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope comes from God the Father. And we are to glorify God the Father as we live for His glory, as we praise Him. God the Father is the source of all things, including our hope. This is what Peter teaches. In 1 Peter 1.3 we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. So Peter is even more explicit. He blesses God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he says it is because of His mercy that we have been born again to this living hope. It is from God the Father that this hope flows. So hope in God the Father, brothers and sisters. God the Father is the source of our hope, for He is the source of all things. But this hope comes to be ours through Christ Jesus, the eternal Son of God who took on flesh. So while God the Father is the source of our hope, God the Son is to be the object of our hope. Do you see the difference between these two things? God the Father is the source of it. All things flow from Him. But God the Son is to be the object of our hope. We are to set our hope on Him. Stated differently, we have hope in God because of the finished work of Christ. Stated negatively, without Christ and apart from Christ, there is no hope at all. The Father is the source of our hope, for He has decreed that a Savior be provided for sinful men and women who deserve only judgment. But Christ the Son is the object of our hope, for He has accomplished our redemption. If we hope to be reconciled to the Father, we must be found in Christ. The way to the Father is through Christ. In Christ there is hope, but apart from Him there is none at all. Notice that Christ the Son is mentioned throughout our text for today. 
In verse 3 we read, For Christ did not please Himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on Me. In other words, Christ came to, to atone for, for, for sins. Christ did not serve Himself, but stood in the place of sinners. Sinners who blasphemed God. Sinners who reproached God. Christ took those sins upon Himself. He paid the price for them. In verse 4, Paul says that we have hope through the Scriptures, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And as this passage develops, it becomes clear that the Scriptures encourage us and bring us hope because they reveal Christ to us. So it is the Scriptures that bring us hope, but what do the Scriptures do except reveal Christ and speak of the salvation that is found in Him? The Scriptures testify to Christ, who is the Savior of the world. And that is why Paul exhorts us to trust in Christ throughout this passage. We are to trust in Him. It is Christ who serves us. It is Christ who has paid for our sins. It is Christ who welcomes us. It is Christ who brings hope to us. And in verse 12, Paul quotes Isaiah, who speaks of the Messiah in this way, saying, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Do you hear it? So the prophet Isaiah was speaking of this promised one who would descend from David. He would be the root of Jesse. He would descend from from Jesse, that is from, from David's house. And it is in him that the Gentiles will hope. They will be reconciled to God the Father. They will enjoy life everlasting. They will have that marvelous inheritance of the new heavens and new earth in Christ, by trusting in Him, by setting their hope upon Him. So while God the Father is the source of our hope, Christ is the object. For it is through Christ, that is the eternal Son of God who took on flesh, that we are reconciled to the Father. It is through Him. Do you wish to be right with God? Do you wish to be reconciled with God? Do you wish to to have fellowship with God and to be in friendship with God? Then you must come to Him Through Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, come in the flesh. For the Scriptures are clear. He is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He is the only mediator between God and man, the Scriptures teach. If we hope to be welcomed by the Father, we must be welcomed by the Son, being found in Him by faith. God the Father is the source of our hope. God the Son is the object. And God the Spirit is the instrument of our hope. It is the Spirit who works hope in us. Paul spoke to this earlier in his letter to the Romans, saying, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So the Apostle Paul has already established this, that it is by the working of the Holy Spirit that we come to have this hope. It is the Spirit 
who applies the finished work of Christ, the Son, to God's elect. The Spirit regenerates us. The Spirit works faith in us. He draws us to the Son and thus to the Father. The Spirit sanctifies us and encourages us in Christ Jesus. The Spirit is the instrument of our hope. God the Father is the source, the Son the object, but the Spirit the instrument. And this is what Paul says in verse 13 of our text for today where we read, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Did you hear it there? How will we come to abound in hope? It will be by the power of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is the instrument of our hope. Brothers and sisters, hope in God, hope in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For it is God who has redeemed you. It is the triune God who has accomplished your redemption. The Father determined to send the Son for our salvation. The Son has finished the work. You must be found in Him. And the Spirit applies it. So hope in God. For in Him there is salvation, the hope of life everlasting, victory over death, and freedom from judgment. Our hope must be placed in Him. It should not be difficult to see why it is so very foolish to set your hope on anything other than God. Though the things of this world may bring you momentary pleasures, they are unable to deliver you from death and eternal judgment. Nothing in all of creation can do that. Only God can deliver you from that. You may hope for the good things of this life. That is fine. We all do that. We hope for the good things of this life, but do not hope in them, for they will certainly fail you in the end. God will never fail you. Hope in God and in the Christ that He has provided for you, brothers and sisters. Secondly, the Apostle teaches us that hope in God will produce perseverance in us. So this hope will will produce things. And and the first thing mentioned is perseverance. Uh, The theme of perseverance is found in verses 4 and 5. There we read, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we may have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, etc. But the theme of of perseverance is seen here in the language of endurance. And here is the point that I want for you to see. When we set our hope on the things of this world, that hope, will surely fade. Earthly hopes will fade when the trials of life come. Earthly hopes will fade at the moment of death. But if we set our hope on God, that hope will never fade. Severe trials cannot shake this hope. Not even death can take it away. For we know that Christ will keep us for all eternity. God will not perish, brothers and sisters. He is unchanging. He will be forever faithful. And Christ, He died, but He rose from the grave and He lives forevermore. And so even the severe trials of life, even the moment of death itself, will not be able to shake this hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. This hope in God will produce perseverance. It will endure. Because God endures He is the unchanging one. 
when Paul says that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope, he wants for us to see that the trials and tribulations of life do not shake the hope that we have in God. Hope rooted in the triune God and in His Word will surely endure. And Paul knew something of trials and tribulations, didn't he? If you know his story, you know that he suffered greatly in the flesh. And so he he also knew what it was to have this hope maintained, to endure and to persevere in hope, even in the midst of very difficult circumstances in life. In fact, not only will the trials and tribulations of life fail to shake our hope in God, they will also be used by God to strengthen our faith and to deepen our hope in Him. Paul alludes to this reality in, verses, in the verses that I've just read. But he speaks to it more thoroughly earlier in Romans. In chapter 5, verse 1, we read, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him... We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So there are many themes that emerge there in Romans 5, 1-5 through 5, that I could draw your attention to if we had the time. But here I want for you to see that Paul teaches in Romans 5, 1-5 through 5, that not only does hope persevere through trials and tribulations, trials and tribulations also have a way of producing even more hope in us. Hope in God produces perseverance and perseverance does in turn produce more hope. And I wonder, have you found this to be true in the Christian life? First of all, if your hope is set on God and not in the things of this world, this will produce endurance or perseverance. When calamity strikes, you will not be easily or deeply shaken, for your hope, your treasure, your heart is not set on the things of this earth, but on God. Your treasure is in heaven and in the world to come. And so in this way, Hope in God produces perseverance, endurance, and steadfastness. But perseverance does also strengthen and deepen our hope in God. And perhaps you've experienced this too. With with every trial and tribulation of life, the faithful grow more and more aware of how temporary, frail, and fleeting the things of this world are. And their hope in God is strengthened in this way. Our longing for Him and for the world to come, are intensified. Our appetites for worldly things are diminished. Our appetite for spiritual and eternal things are increased. And so I ask you, have you ever experienced this? If you are young, maybe you have not. Or maybe you have not noticed it yet. But I think if you are advanced in years, you would say, yes, I've experienced this very thing. Trials and tribulations have in fact increased my hope. Because through trials and tribulations, I have learned not to love the things of this world. I have come to see them for what they are. Blessings, yes, perhaps, but unstable, temporary, frail, fleeting. I have learned through faith in Christ Jesus that my hope, my life is not to be built on these things because they cannot 
function, as a foundation for my soul. They will fail me in the end. They will eventually crumble. If you have lived for a while in Christ, you've come to learn this. Your longing for the world to come has in fact grown. For you have learned in Christ Jesus that God is to be your hope. You're to build your life upon Him. You're to set your treasure not here on earth, but in the world to come. And so the trials of tribulations of life, they, they, they come upon you. You suffer loss. You suffer physically. You suffer discouragement. And though the discouragement may be very real, and though the battle may, might be intense, you stand secure because your hope is built upon God, who is unchanging and ever faithful. So hope in God, brothers and sisters. And you will find that this hope will produce perseverance in you. And I think this is why Peter refers to this hope in God as a living hope. A hope that is filled with life and vitality. I've already read the passage earlier. But hear it again because it is so good and so useful to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What a beautiful text this is. 1 Peter 1, 3-7 We have been born again to a living hope. A hope that is alive. A hope that is real. A hope that has true vitality in it. A, a hope that will, will never diminish or fade because it is rooted in God who is unchanging. It is rooted in Christ who has raised from the dead, who has earned for us an inheritance that cannot be shaken in the least bit. It is God Himself who guards us. And so our hope is secure in Him. In fact, our hope is a living hope. If your hope is in God and in the Christ that He has provided, then your hope is, a life, is alive. For your hope is rooted not in the things that are dead, nor in the things that are destined to die, but in God who is alive and in His Christ who was raised from the dead and is alive forevermore. Thirdly, not only will this hope produce perseverance, we are also taught that it will produce joy and peace in us. And it's not difficult to see why this is so. If our hope is set on the things of this world, then our joy will increase when the blessings of this life increase, and it will be diminished when the blessings of this life are diminished. The joy in our heart will naturally ebb and flow as our health, wealth, and prosperity ebb and flow. But if our hope is set on God, in Christ, and in the inheritance that is surely ours in Him, then our joy will remain even if our health, wealth, and prosperity are diminished. Something similar may be said about peace. To be at peace is to be free from anxiety and inner turmoil. That is, in fact, what the word means, according to a trusted Greek lexicon. To be at peace is to be free from anxiety and inner turmoil. If your hope is set on the things of this world, then it is no wonder that there is turmoil within your heart. Do you see the connection here? You've taken your hope and you've set it on, on shaky things. And so your heart is, in fact, shaky. 
You've set your hope on unstable things, so you yourself feel that instability within you. The things of this world are so very unstable. They're frail and fleeting, prone to death and decay. And if the hope that is in your heart is set down on these worldly things, then your heart will never be at peace. For deep down you know that these things will certainly fail you. You might not be even mindful of it, but deep down you know it is so. In fact, the longer you live, the more aware you become of this reality, for with the passing of time you experience and observe more and more of this death and decay. But if our hope is set on God, in Christ, and in the inheritance that is surely ours in Him, then our peace will remain, even as the world around us totters and shakes. This is what Paul teaches in verse 13, saying, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Brothers and sisters, this morning I've exhorted you to hope in the triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I have told you what this hope in God will produce in you. It will produce perseverance, joy, and peace. And I would like for you to allow me to conclude by acknowledging three things. One, growing strong in hope is a process. Yes, when we come to have faith in Christ, we gain a hope that we did not have before. That happens instantly. But growing strong in that hope is a process. Verse 13 of Romans 15 says so. Paul pronounces this blessing, saying, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Can you hear the process stated there? Uh, Paul is blessing the Christian church, saying, may, may, you, may you abound in this. May you come to overflow with hope. Growing strong in hope is a process. We increase in hope as our faith increases. We grow strong in hope as our love for this world diminishes and our love for God and Christ abounds. We grow strong in hope as we persevere over time through the trials and tribulations of life and learn that God alone is worthy of our hope and trust. So growing strong in hope is a process. Two, growing strong in hope is sometimes a battle. Yes, true Christians do sometimes lack hope. There will be moments in life where even the faithful despair. And so Christians must be exhorted to fight the fight, to walk the walk, and to set their minds and hearts on the things above where Christ is seated, and not on the things of this earth. This is all true. And we can speak in idealistic terms, can't we? This is what the Christian should do. This is what the Christian ought to have. They ought to have strong hope and perseverance and joy and in peace. We're, we speak in idealistic terms and it's important that we do. But it's important also to acknowledge that sometimes this is a battle. Sometimes this is a battle. And so Christians need to be exhorted in these things. Yes, it is true that Christians hope in God. And that hope will produce these wonderful things. But this does not mean that a true child of God will never lack these things. The Christian life is a battle, friends. We cannot forget it. And that is why it is crucial for you to daily put on the whole armor of God and to fight. And if there is anxiety in your heart, if you are lacking joy, if you are lacking peace, 
Then set your mind and heart upon God and Christ anew and afresh, brothers and sisters. Do this weekly on the Lord's Day through rest and worship. Assemble with the congregation on the Lord's Day Sabbath and get perspective on this day. Think of all that it signifies. Think of Christ crucified and risen and the eternal rest that is surely ours in Him. And set your hope in Him anew and afresh on this day, the Lord's Day. Do this weekly. Gain that perspective. But do this day by day also and even moment by moment. Do you feel anxious? Do you feel joyless? Do you feel even despairing? What should you do in moments like these? You should stop and pray. You should stop and remember God's precious and very great promises. You should stop and remember the gospel. You should stop and contemplate Christ and all that He has accomplished for you and the inheritance that is yours in Him. We must continuously, brothers and sisters, we must continuously recenter our life on Christ. And then we must go on in faith. So yes, if you are in Christ, you have hope. But growing strong in hope is a process and it is sometimes an arduous battle. Three, growing strong in hope is freeing. When we have our hope in God and in Christ, we will find that we are freed from certain things and also we are freed to others. If our hope is set firmly upon God, Christ, and the inheritance that is ours in Him, we will find that we are freed from the fear of death, from anxiety over losing the good things that we have, and from all despair. But we will also be set free to enjoy the good things of this life that the Lord has blessed us with. So we will be freed from fear, from anxiety, from despair. But we will also be set free to rejoice in God and in the good things that He has given to us. It's ironic but true. If we set our hope on the things of this earth, not only will we build our house on an unstable foundation, we will also ruin the good things that God has given us to enjoy. It's very ironic, you know. We set our love on the wrong things, and we ruin the thing that we so love. We set our hope on the wrong things, and we end up ruining the thing that we have set our hope in. Has God blessed you with money? Well, if He has, and if you set your hope on it, I doubt you'll enjoy it very much. Because you will constantly live with this fear of losing the thing that you have or you'll live with this obsession of gaining even more of it. And so the one who sets his hope on money does not even enjoy the money that he has. The money is a blessing from God. It's meant to be enjoyed. Yes, it's meant to be used for the glory of God. It's not meant to be stood upon, though. It's not meant to function as a foundation for our life. Has God blessed you with children? If He has, that's wonderful. But if you set your hope on them, if you make them your everything, you're not going to enjoy them very much, and neither will you do them any good. You'll be too anxious about harm befalling them and too preoccupied with sheltering them to enjoy the blessings that God has, has given to you. 
And so the things of this earth, many of them are very good, but they're meant to be enjoyed from a distance like this, you see. We can't stand upon them. When we stand upon them, we end up crushing them. They're not meant to function as a foundation for our life, but God is. We are to stand upon Him. We're to build our life upon Him. We're to set our hope upon Him. He could bear that weight. For He is the eternal, unchanging, and ever faithful God. So set your hope on God, brothers and sisters. Build your life on Him and on His Word. Then you will be strong to weather the storms of this life, and you will be free to enjoy the blessings of this life with peace in your heart. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These are the words of Christ, and with these words we will conclude. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful gift of hope. We confess to you, O Lord, that apart from Christ, crucified and risen, we would be without hope. We would be hopelessly lost. We would stand only under your judgment, and we would stand under your judgment and wrath for all eternity. But God, you have given us hope by sending the Christ to pay for our sins and to earn for us life everlasting. And Father and Son, you have sent the Spirit to draw us to faith in Christ and to administer this hope to us. Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are grateful for the hope that is ours. You have been merciful and kind to us. O Lord, strengthen our hope, strengthen our faith. Give us this perseverance that we have learned about. Give us this joy and this peace also. And may you be glorified, O God, as we are found trusting in you, rejoicing in you, placing all of our hope in you. May you get the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.